Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Thank you to all of our sponsors, and especially to our espresso-level sponsors, Helix Managed WordPress Hosting, for both their sponsorship and for hosting our site, and to Expander Digital for both their sponsorship and providing SEO services to us. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the next episode of WP Coffee Talk. I love talking to old friends, new friends, making friends as we go. Uh, Twitter is a wonderful thing to put people in connection with one another. And that is how I met today's guest, Tevya Washburn. It's nice to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here. Yeah. So we've been following each other, I think, about a year on mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, you wrote up some really nice reviews of it was either give or WP business reviews. I don't remember which one of our two plugins it was. And I was like, well, I got to follow that guy. <laughs> Probably give. We've been using it for one of our clients for quite a while now. And it's been awesome. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, when people say nice things, I tend to follow them because you know, Hey, it's nice. So, um, and, and it's nice to read and, and unbiased reviews too. So it's nice if you like what we do um, yeah. and that kind of thing. So anyway, so I've been watching Starfish reviews for a while and that's your, your baby. And so um, learning a little bit about different things uh, through your eyes and that's pretty cool. So tell us about yourself and what you do. Um, well, I'm Tevya Washburn, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a father of four children and a husband and um, I love WordPress. I've <laughs> been working in it for a while. Um, uh, and, and like you said, I, I do Starfish reviews. I also do a WordPress support and maintenance company as well. Um, that's kind of uh, where Starfish kind of grew out of. That's where I've, I've been doing for the longest time is, is the support and maintenance stuff. That's pretty cool. So you get to um, experience a lot of different plugins and themes and things like that. And then have an opinion about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, um, for the longest time, we would just build the site ourselves, you know, and then maintain it afterward. And so we kind of got to choose what went into it and all that stuff. But then uh, a few years ago, we decided to pivot and accept sites that were already built because we kept getting a lot of people asking for it. And so now we get exposed to a lot of stuff that we didn't set up, that we didn't, you know, do. And so uh, it's, it's been really fun. Um, sometimes frustrating, <laughs> but but really fun getting to know a lot of new plugins and themes and and um, different ways of thinking, like that people set up sites that we'd never had even considered before, different approaches and stuff. And probably a lot of spaghetti code, and like what the heck is going on with this site kind of things. <laughs> yeah, um, we we've, we've been pretty lucky and haven't had too bad experience with that. Like we don't we really don't delve into code a ton unless we charge extra for it, like it's not included in our plans. Um, and so, so fortunately we haven't had to get into that kind of stuff too much. And, and most of them like are ones that people built using existing plugins and themes and stuff like Good. that. And so there's not tons of code to have to, or custom code to have to worry about. Yeah, I inherited a site once that I was like, it's WordPress, how hard can it be? And it was a custom built theme with custom built everything and nothing mapped through like I expected it to and I'm not a coder. So yeah, yeah that was a nightmare. <laughs> so glad you're not experiencing it. You're experiencing some perhaps challenges but not nightmares, right? Yeah, for the most part. More of the nightmares have been occasionally with onboarding or, or taking on a client that wasn't a great fit. And sometimes that can be really rough, but we've, we've gotten really good at trying to take 
I don't know if you know the book Extreme Responsibility, but we try to take extreme responsibility and, and put it on us that we made the mistake, you know, maybe we weren't a good fit and didn't investigate enough in, up front, you know, before taking them on or whatever it might have been. Um, and, and fortunately, been able to kind of let those clients go gently. <laughs> but there can sure be uh, some difficult times there before you kind of get that all sorted out and help them feel good about moving on to a, somebody who's a better fit for their needs. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So I always ask my guests to show us what you're drinking out of. I know that you're not, you showed me it's not a mug. So what are you drinking out of today? I've got my Yeti today. This is, this thing is awesome. I love it. I had a cheap one before another brand. And, and when I got this, I was just amazed at how much better it kept my drinks cold or hot. like how much longer. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. A good uh, thermos or thermal uh, drink container will yeah. do that for you. Yeah. At uh, summer camp, we used to call them UBCs, your universal beverage container. Oh, there you go. That's a good <laughs> name. I like that because I'm always a little bit hesitant about what to call it, too. <laughs> yeah. It's always like the question was, what's in your UBC? And it's like, it could be lemonade it could be coffee it could be scotch you just don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> i'm drinking out of my warner school mug this is a place i used to work and huh. when i was back back in my 20 years of um, higher education and i'm just still sipping on some coffee that's let's just say it's lukewarm right now but it still wets my whistle so i'm just gonna keep it keep it going so <laughs> yeah oh, i didn't mention i'm drinking cranberry juice today <laughs> oh very good that's that's a good healthy thing to drink. Probably better than coffee with cream and sugar. But <laughs> well, it does have sugar added, but I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so tell us, how did you get started with WordPress? Um, I think it's similar to a lot of people. At least people in are similar. Well, I actually have no idea how old you are. So sorry, I don't mean to to bracket you, but. That have been with WordPress, let's say I've been working on WordPress for five, six plus years. Um, it's been closer to 10 for me. Um, I was just trying to build a website for somebody. They asked me to build a website and the old way of doing it with HTML and having to duplicate sidebars and everything across every page um, and keep those all in sync and stuff was just, I was, I was like, there has to be a better way. There has to be. And so I went and tried a few other options. I uh, tried Joomla and Drupal and just couldn't wrap my mind around them. I'm not a coder either. Well, I, I do HTML and CSS, but uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a back-end coder. Um, and just, yeah, I couldn't get my mind around them. It's just too much. And finally stumbled across WordPress somehow and it just clicked like right away. And then not only did it click and I was excited about it, but everything I wanted to do, there was a plugin for it, or there was a tutorial for it, or there was a, you know, something. And so I literally learned CSS by, you know, customizing a theme on WordPress. Um, and, and I just loved it. Like it was so much better. And I could spend my time on the, on making everything look just the way I wanted instead of trying to keep, you know, the design in sync across all the different pages and, and all that kind of stuff. When I learned CSS, I felt like a magician yeah. because when you can use that inspect feature in any of your browsers, you can inspect and change just obviously for your own view, but like big websites. And so yeah. the first time I was showing somebody CSS, I pulled up the Coca-Cola website and I changed all the red to blue and they were like, Oh, they're going to be coming after you now. I'm like, no, it's really only in my browser. <laughs> I didn't hack anything. <laughs> so. 
And, and I'm sure I'm a lot older than you, so let's not even worry about that part. <laughs> uh, I actually posted on Twitter this morning that um, I'll be 51 next month, and I injured my back sleeping. So um, achie achievement level unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about passively injuring yourself. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just yeah, some, some mornings I the same way. I wake up and I'm like, my hamstring hurts. Why does it hurt? I just slept. I didn't. I didn't work out. I've been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I running in my dream that I pulled a muscle? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Exactly. Um, so, what's something that you think that people and you look at a lot of websites now? What's something you think people don't focus enough attention on? Uh, that they should maybe focus a little more on to make sites stronger and better? Um, that's a great question. I deal with a lot of people who don't have a ton of knowledge about it, um, obviously, because we're doing support and maintenance, or they don't have a lot of time. And so I guess I feel like um, one thing that people skip a lot of times is just that piece of what are we going to do after the website's launched? Like who's going to take care of it? You know, who's going to maintain it? Who's going to uh, make sure that it's up to date. So it's not having security vulnerability issues and things like that. And a lot of people seem to miss that. In fact, with uh, our business, when a lot of people come to us, it's kind of like this epiphany when they're like, oh, why didn't I think of looking for a company that could help me support and maintain it, you know? And they're like, I found your website, and I was just like, oh, wow, you know, this is perfect. Why didn't I think of that before? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a big thing. It's kind of the longer-term planning. People are like, yeah, let's build an awesome website and launch it, but, but then what? You know, what yeah. comes next? How do you get the traffic? How do you keep it maintained? All that kind of stuff. And I've had uh, customers in the past when I was freelancing who would say to me, you know, they spent – thousands of dollars on the website, they don't want to continue to pay for a website. If they paid for it once, why should they continue to pay for it? And my response usually is, well, you bought that lovely car in the parking lot. Do you not pay for maintenance on that car or are you just going to drive it <laughs> into the ground? That's what will happen to your website as well. So yeah. try to make some comparisons that kind of click in for them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a great comparison. There you go. You can have it. It's all yours now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For sure. Uh, what's something that you wish you had known about WordPress when you first started that you've learned since then that might have made your journey a little bit easier? Um, I'm going to answer this with kind of a, a, a trick answer, if you will. <laughs> so I wished I'd learned this at the time, but I also believe that it's sort of no longer applicable anymore. Um, so I wish I'd known about child themes when I first got started. Uh, my very first website, like I mentioned, I spent a ton of time customizing the CSS and all this stuff. And then an update came out for that theme and not even thinking about it, I updated it and bam, it went back to everything default, you know, the way it was by the, the theme's creator. And I'd lost everything that I'd done. And back in those days, hosts didn't commonly back your website up for you automatically and all that kind of stuff that we benefit from today. Yeah. Uh, now, so I wish I'd known more about child themes or about putting functionality and CSS into plugins and things like that. Um, like I said, though, I also believe that's not as applicable today as it was back then. Um, a lot of themes today are so powerful, or even like the customizer includes a custom CSS box that's stored in the database. So you can actually get away without a child theme in a lot of cases. And in fact, what we're seeing more and more of is that people will have a child theme that has nothing in it, um, but they have a child theme 
just because somebody said you have to have a child theme. <laughs> or they'll have stuff in a child theme that really could go in the parent themes, you know, settings or whatever, customizer, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's there because somebody did it the old way. And now when they update the parent theme, the child theme is no longer compatible and it breaks the child theme, which breaks the site. And so (laughs) I wish I'd known about that back then, but I also feel like today, make sure you really, really need a child theme before you go stick a child theme in there. (laughs) Yeah, usually now if I make a child theme, it's because I want to have an edit of a PHP file. Yeah, exactly. Like the footer, the header, the whatever. If you need to override the PHP or the JavaScript, then it makes sense. But otherwise, you probably don't need a child theme. Probably not. That's right. Just make sure that you're building your CSS the right way, though. So, And I love that the customizer now like, will tell you, that doesn't look quite right. Are you sure you want to push publish? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah it's oh, great. let me rethink that. <laughs> and they'll tell you, even we were expecting a semicolon, and I don't see one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's super helpful. And some themes do that too if they have their own like yeah. styles for just a single page. They will often have that same uh, uh, markup or whatever to warn you and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. So much better than yeah. back in the day, you know, typing right in the themes uh, styles.css file. <laughs> right, exactly. Where all of a sudden it's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the other one that catches me up sometimes, though, is the htaccess file. If uh-huh. I do something and it gets stuck in maintenance mode, I now know how to fix that. Uh-huh. But at the time I was like, okay, now it's just in maintenance mode forever. What do I do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I reach out to people on Slack and say, help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things people don't understand, but once you figure them out, they're not so, they're not so difficult. For yeah, sure. yeah that, that was a tricky one for me too. That caught me too one time early on and I was like, what in the world do I do? There's no way to access the site to turn this off or, <laughs> but yeah, fortunately it's just deleting a little file. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That maintenance file. That's right. That's so funny. Um, what is uh, some of the, well, your fi- bleh, start again, Michelle. When you think back over your WordCamps, meetups, things that you've done that are WordPress related, is there a moment or two that kind of rises to the top as a pivotal moment, inspirational moment, something that you kind of carry forward with you? Um, yeah, uh, two things come to mind. Um, the first one is I got to present at WordCamp Salt Lake City a couple years ago in 2017. And that was really neat. Like just the whole WordCamp was awesome. I'd been to that WordCamp a few years before that, but it was fun to go back and to be able to present and, and stuff. And I had so much more empathy for the other presenters, uh, the, the rest of the day, you know, I'd go sit in there and instead of maybe getting distracted by something on my computer, I would give them my attention much better because I was like, man, I know what it's like to be up there and it's nerve wracking and it's no fun. And <laughs> but, you, but you're passionate about it, like you care about something and you really want to share it. And so I felt like, man, these people deserve our attention better. So I, I felt like I was a better uh, audience member, I guess, and, and hopefully asked a few good questions and stuff too uh, <laughs> at, the, at the end of each one. But um, so that was a big one for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then the other one is maybe not a specific uh, event or, you know, day or whatever, but I was able to help start up the uh, WordPress meetups in the Boise, Idaho area. Um, there weren't any going on in that area. And 
I really wanted to go to one and, and so I decided well I'll just start one and so I was able to get one started and then it branched off into two and now I believe there's three of them uh, in that area all going strong and they're getting ready to have their first WordCamp in November I believe I can't think of the date I'd have to look it up but uh, and, and that was my other thing is Idaho was one of only four states in the union that hadn't had a word camp and so I was like we got to get off that list that's not a good list to be on <laughs> so I'm really excited they're doing it I'm not there for it uh, I'm gonna try to get up to it but I'm I'm actually living in Mexico right now so uh, I'm not around to help make it happen but I'm so glad that other people are excited about it and that that community is is moving and and growing that way it is exciting and it's very cool when you can look back and see that you were definitely instrumental in how it developed and how it grew yeah yeah it, it, it's it's awesome it's so exciting to me so tell us about starfish reviews what do you do with starfish reviews um so it was a plug-in there's a bunch of services out there that uh, do review marketing is what i like to call it there's some other terms that people use reputation management it's not quite the same thing but along the same lines um and basically what happened was one time this guy calls me up and is like, hey, we have this awesome service to help people get more reviews online and I wanna show you how it works so you can resell it to your clients. And so he sits down and explains the whole thing to me and, but then it's like 300 bucks a month or more, you know, for their base plan, it's 300 bucks a month. And I'm only charging my clients tops like 150 bucks a month at the time. And so to offer them this quote add-on, you know, that's, double the price, you know, it's going to triple their total cost to me, uh, just didn't seem very reasonable. And so I started looking at what they did. And, and kind of the core of the whole thing is just a simple landing page that gauges how the person feels about that business or product or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to get reviews for, right? So it says something like, how do you feel about, let's say, Starfish Reviews, my company, you know, and then it gives them a thumbs up and a thumbs down option. And they can say which one they, you know, how they feel about it. And if they say thumbs up, then it gives them a, a, a really easy path to go leave a public review on Google or Yelp or Facebook, whatever, you know, and yeah. platform you want to target. Um, and if they say no, then it says, well, how can we improve and captures that kind of for internal uh, uh, review so you can improve and stuff instead of putting that review out there publicly for everybody to see. Um, and with the rules nowadays, you still have to allow them to go leave a public review if they want sure. to, at least with certain platforms. Um, so we still offer that option, but the first step is capture it for internal reviews so we can try to take care of it first before it goes out there and then try to worry about you know getting them to change their review if we change their perception and all that hassle. It saves a whole bunch of hassle that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I realized that, I thought, you know, we could probably build this, but I didn't think much more about it. You know, we could probably build that core functionality. Um, and then a while later, a client asked me, he actually sent me one of those little uh, review landing pages that one of his um, uh, vendors had sent him to, to leave a review. And he's like, could you do this for me? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I think I could. And I've already thought about it a fair amount, but I haven't actually did it. And so I, I built kind of a minimum viable product. As, as I said, I'm not a coder. So I built it in Gravity Forms and got it all the basic functionality working in Gravity Forms and put it on his website and was like, here you go. And he started using it really actively. And within just a few months, he had increased his overall rating a whole bunch. And he'd gotten a ton of new reviews, five-star reviews, and, and it helped his Google ranking as well because of it. 
And so I was like, wow, this really works. Like I should offer it to my other clients. Um, and then I thought, well, I don't want to have to go through that whole process. Like it wasn't easy to set up, you know, it was a very manual involved process. I was like, I should make a plugin so I can sell it to, or so I can sell it as an upgrade to all of them, make it easy on me. And then I was like, well, duh, I should make a plugin I can sell to anybody who wants to set it up on WordPress. <laughs> and so I was able to get a developer to profit share partner with me and start building it out and, um, it's it's gotten really good feedback so far and it, we're growing very slowly we're small you know we don't have a big footprint like like impress does to, to get all these people excited about it so we're growing slowly but um, but we're excited and and so far the feedback has been very positive we've been able to continually improve it make it better and um, so yeah that's that's starfish <laughs> that's very cool very, very good. And so how do you find your other customers, the ones that come for maintenance? Are you marketing somehow? Are they word of mouth? How does that come to you? Um, yeah, a lot of word of mouth and, and mostly just content marketing. Like we try to post good articles on our blog and, um, you know, post good articles on other blogs and stuff to give us a little bit of exposure and stuff. Um, and, and that's most of it at this point. We're, we're not that business isn't growing real fast either, but it's at a good spot where it supports me and my team. So we can, you know, focus on starfish reviews and, and different things like that. We don't particularly need it to grow really fast though. If anybody, you know, comes to us, we're not going to turn them away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, earlier this year, when somebody told me they had four kids and it was a woman and I, I asked her, how does she manage to balance those kinds of things? And I thought afterwards, like, that's a pretty sexist thing to ask a woman, you know, <laughs> how do you balance life? So I'm going to ask a guy now with four kids, how do you manage to find balance between work and family? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of it is my wife. Like, I have to thank her. She is wonderful and takes care of the kids. And now that we're here in Mexico, she's uh, they go to an immersion school uh, part-time. and But the rest of the time, then she's homeschooling them for the first time. I've never done this before. Uh, or, or we like the term world schooling or unschooling. Um, they'll seem more appropriate for what we're doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of it's her, like I have to give her most of the credit. Um, for me, I would say there's, there's not a lot of great balance. Usually I kind of go through phases. Like I, I put a ton into work for a while and then we play for a while <laughs> and that's when we play, then I get to spend a lot more time with the kids and we got to do a lot of uh, fun stuff as a family. So we're, we're actually right now in one of those work phases where I'm, I'm working long, long hours because we were playing all summer uh, in the States before we moved down here to Mexico. And so we had a really awesome summer, but now it's like crunch time and I got to get a whole bunch of stuff done. <laughs> so I'm like, seeing that much of me right now and I feel a little bit bad about it, but hopefully in another week or two, we can shift back the other way and they'll get a lot more of me. Oh, that's good. So it is, it's balanced for everybody. So it's not just women that have to find balance with families and things like that for, for sure. sure. For sure. So what, what precipitated the move to Mexico? Um, you know, something I've just wanted to do for a long time. I read the four hour work week long before I quit my day job and just got excited about that whole idea of having a kind of a mobile lifestyle where you can go where you want and do what you want. That's been one of the kind of long-term goals of this business. And it was finally at a point where I felt like we could and I just, my wife and I just finally, you know, kind of talking about it, finally saying, 
why do we keep waiting? You know, let's not wait till we're old and, and can't have fun. Let's just do it now. And the kids are young enough that they're not in, you know, a bunch of sports or anything like that where it's a big uh, deal for them to leave it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a good time. We said, we'll just do it for a year, maybe two if it goes really well and we love it a whole bunch. And then we'll go back and settle down and, and go back to normal life. But hopefully we'll, we'll learn a lot and experience a lot. And so far it's been, it's been pretty awesome. That's really cool. And so do you speak Spanish? I don't. Uh, my wife speaks a little bit, very, very little, and I speak almost none at all. Uh, but we're trying to learn and, excuse me, trying to study every day. I wouldn't be surprised if the kids pass us up here soon from their immersion school three days a week. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So last Monday, uh, I, my, my dad lived in Puerto Rico for 20 years. Oh, wow. And I took five years of French in high school and college. So I did not have any Spanish. Yeah. And just from going down to Puerto Rico once in a while, I picked up a little, a few words here and there, but not enough to have a conversation. Sure. Monday, I downloaded on my phone Duolingo. Uh -huh. And I decided to pay for the app. You know, I, I sure. wanted to learn faster than the free version would allow me. And I believe in paying for sure. services. And sure. it's amazing how much I've learned in five days already. Oh, really? So, yeah. That's great. I mean, it's yeah. all about things like the train station and the airport, and, you know, like those basic yeah, things. But yeah, yeah. We've been so. using the free version. Um, actually, my wife was just going to buy it the other day and couldn't find the right card on file to get the right number off the back. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we've been using it. She's been a lot more consistent than me, and I think was starting from a little bit higher, like I said, uh -huh. uh, a little bit more knowledge than I have. But um, uh, hopefully, when work uh, settles back down a little bit here. I'll, I'll be more consistent and learn more. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's a really good app. I, I, what I do is I, before I get out of bed in the morning and before I go to sleep at oh. night, 15 minutes, um, on the app. And, uh, it's just amazing how much I've been learning. I have some friends that speak Spanish. So I've been like talking to them about my pronunciation and trying to get it right. Cause I speak Spanish like a white girl, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm but sure I speak it like a white boy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that, that's a good idea to do it twice a day. I like that idea. I might have yeah. to try that. Um, yeah. I think maybe once a day isn't quite having it on the forefront of my mind quite enough. Yeah. And so it maybe makes it harder. So yeah. that's a good idea. I might try that. Thank you. You're welcome. And my secret that now the whole world will know, or, you know, all of our listeners, sometimes I take the phone with me to the bathroom and I practice. <laughs> so if my, if my uh, coworkers hear me speaking Spanish in the bathroom, now they know why. Yeah. Yeah. I think my wife does that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, you're kind of a captive audience there for a couple minutes, so you may as well make good use of your time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So moving into what I call my rapid fire questions, take the, as much time as you need to respond to them, of course. But what are two or three plugins that you would recommend or almost consider must haves if you were teaching somebody how to build their first website? Uh, well, I'm a long time Gravity Forms user. A lot of people don't like that answer because there's no free version available. Um, but I've been using it for many, many years now. And so I love it. It's, it's one we put on every site pretty much. Even when we get new clients, if they have another plugin that uh, like doesn't log the emails on the website or different things like that that can lead to problems, we'll usually swap, out, swap it out for Gravity Forms uh, so that we can, because we've run into that problem over and over. And if, if it's not, uh, you know, the, if the email doesn't get through and it's not saved on the website, then it's just gone. Um, and Gravity Forms isn't the only one that does it, but that's the one that we know and, and have used the most. 
Um, I'm also, again, kind of a traditionalist here. I really like all-in-one SEO, which mm -hmm. has been around a lot longer than Yoast. Um, and I have nothing against Yoast, the plugin, or the people. Uh, but I, I've just used all-in-one SEO for a long time, and we find we still get really good results, even with pretty minimal setup, even without you know doing a lot of, of extra work and putting in you know separate meta on everything and stuff like that. Um, so that's one I really like. Um, I guess if you're trying to get reviews, you should throw Starfish reviews on there. <laughs> there you go. And then you can put WP Business Reviews on to display them beautifully display, on your site yeah, afterwards. Exactly. There you <laughs> those go. Could, those could go together very nicely, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah they could. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a look at Starfish and maybe think about putting that on one of my sites and see how it works. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love and to have it, use it. Thank you. I'll have to give it a try. At any point in your WordPress journey, have you had a mentor, whether it was an official relationship or somebody just kind of took you under their wing or somebody that you really look up to as far as following what they do? And who was it? Um, I, I can't think of any like one person. Uh, I've had a lot of help along the way, um, a lot of great people. Um, one person that comes to mind, well, actually two that come to mind, and strangely enough, they're in the same company now, but um, Pippin from Pippin's plugins or, you know, EDD. Sandhills, yep. Sandhills uh, Development, yep. He, he, as far as like building a WordPress plugin company, you know, he's like kind of one of my idols. Well, Matt Cromwell and some of your people there impressed as well. Like, like I really uh, kind of idolize them, like think like they're awesome. They do it right. I need a, I want to build a plugin business like they have built, you know, something that's long-term sustainable, that gives some really good people some great employment that they can rely on and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Um, then the other person I was going to mention was John James Jacoby. Um, he helped me with something in the really early days of, and I don't even remember what it was anymore. Um, I'd be surprised if he even remembered me from that, but <laughs> more recently I've interacted with him just a little bit. Um, and um, he's like, he's like what I wish I could be as far as a coder goes. Like I just don't code. I'm, I, my brain doesn't work that way, but man, that guy's brilliant. And I love listening to him and reading, you know, his stuff that he writes. Um, and, and just seeing his perspective on the way he, you know, thinks about things and approaches things in the, in the WordPress community. Um, uh, more recently, I've been following Rachel Cherry some too. I think she's doing some awesome things. Um, I'm trying to remember what plugin. Oh, there's one called CPT Onomies. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's a kind of a niche plugin. But if you ever need it, it's like so brilliant and i don't think she works on it anymore i think she's handed it off but she originally started it and that's what kind of clued me onto her like just some brilliant thinking when this plugin and um i hope i'm getting this right i hope i'm not miscrediting her or associating her with the wrong thing but i'm pretty sure that's where it was uh, that i started following her but she's she's pretty awesome too yeah she's been really great in leading the charge of um of accessibility within mm -hmm. WordPress specifically, the internet of course, but within WordPress specifically and within core. So that was pretty cool. What she's, and what she's been doing with WP Campus is also pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. definitely a, a go-getter. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the WP Governance Project too, mm -hmm. which I think is really a good thing, a healthy conversation that we need to have, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and she and um, 
Morton Rand Hendrickson just stepped down from that actually. So yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction that takes. So yeah. definitely watching with interest. For sure, <laughs> me too. Um, other than the people you've mentioned, who's somebody else in the WordPress community that you admire and why? Um, somebody else. Um, yeah, I guess I should have thought ahead about this question a little <laughs> not mention all four of them there. <laughs> well, maybe less, maybe less mentoring and more just like, wow, that person is pretty amazing at what they're doing. Yeah, well, and that's where I, I don't really have any... Uh, uh, mentoring relationship, especially with, um, you know, like uh, Pippin or um, Matt Cromwell. Well, may, Matt, Matt's helped me out with some stuff, so I don't want to uh, discredit him there. But somebody like Pippin is somebody I think I really admire and look up to and say, man, that guy's got, he's got a really great vision. Like, it's not just about, we want to make a plugin that sells for millions of dollars, you know, mm -hmm. of revenue every year. <laughs> it's a much bigger uh, vision that's focused on people and making the world a better place and stuff like that. And I really love yeah. that and I admire that. So. That's awesome. I uh, You made me think of something too. Like some of the people that I admire aren't names that necessarily people would know right mm -hmm. off the bat because the people who think up the the, the ideas, the entrepreneurs who come up with the, with the ideas for these plugins and everything like yourself and like myself who aren't coders yeah. can hire some pretty amazing people who actually do the coding. And honestly, yeah. they're sometimes our unsung heroes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, this is a good opportunity. I should give Matt Galloway uh, a shout out right here. He's my coder who's built Starfish Reviews. Uh, well, kind of rebuilt it. The first version I had somebody else build, but now he's my, my partner in it and has done an amazing job of kind of rebuilding a lot of stuff that wasn't as stable or as good as it should have been. Um, and now preparing it, you know, for some cool stuff we're going to add in the future. Oh, that's awesome. Very good. Well, shout out to Matt then, for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. What's something that you'd like to learn in WordPress that you haven't tackled yet? Um, I, I've always wanted to be better at marketing. So I feel like I do a decent job at content marketing because I've always been a good writer and stuff like that but more just understanding the big picture and, um, you know, being able to s pursue certain uh, search terms or uh, finding ways to get your, um, get your content out in front of more people and stuff like that is actually something I've already started working on. And I think I'm making some pretty good progress and, and learning a lot of, of good stuff in that area, but that's something I've always wanted to be better at. I would also love to learn how to code a little more, like just to be able to understand, you know, what people are doing. I feel like I understand the concepts pretty well. I have a pretty logical mind, um, but I, I don't, especially like JavaScript, I, I look at the code and I'm just like, I have no idea what this is. I can look at PHP a lot of times and kind of figure and fumble my way through it, you know, and, and, and get it. But like JavaScript, I'm just like, this is like, it looks like alien code or something, you know, like an alien language somebody dumped on there. Like, really? <laughs> People can understand this? <laughs> yeah, so I'm I would with you on that. <laughs> read JavaScript. I guess maybe that's a, a more succinct answer. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I can do the CSS, the HTML. On occasion, I can tweak something in a PHP file, and, mm. you know, I never do it on a live site, just, you know, for the record. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's where my, that's where the, uh, the end of my talent goes as far as coding. So I'm with you on that one for sure. 
<laughs> I think I'm about the same as you then. <laughs> <laughs> what's, um, what's the biggest WordPress mistake you ever made and what did you learn from it? Um, biggest WordPress mistake. Uh, so this is a little bit bigger picture than just WordPress, but um, it was it was going for the cheapest option uh, is, is maybe the short way to say it. Uh, early on when I started hosting a few sites and I had them, you know, ready to go, I had somebody that I was working with on a few projects and he was like, you know, how much are you paying for hosting? And so I told him and he's like, you know, we can get you over on this one over here that I know how to do and I'll go and I'll set it up. I'll set up the Linux and the whole stack, you know, and get it all set up for you. Cpanel and the whole works and whatever. Actually, it may not have had Cpanel. It may have had something else, but that's beside the point. Anyway, he set it all up and uh, it ran good for about two days and then it just was a nightmare for weeks and weeks afterward. And he's like literally, you know, reinstalling the whole, whole OS and all this stuff. And finally, at some point, I just had to say enough, like I can't take this. It's it's emotionally, it's killing me, you know, and it's ruining my business because my client sites are offline and all this kind of stuff. And so I moved back to a, a more traditional host, but I think, um, I suspect, and there's a whole story, you can read the whole story on Hero Press if you want to go on there and find my story, but um, I think it followed us. I think when they did migrations off there, they copied the whole cPanel or even the whole OS or something. And, um, brought a lot of those problems and it followed us through a couple more hosts and we had just just tons of problems it was terrible and I learned so much like I know way more than most people should about uh, WordPress hosting and so that's why I use a really simple one like flywheel <laughs> where I can't mess with any of that stuff and it's not my problem uh, but I know a ton about it if somebody's having problems and they start asking usually I can be like oh yeah we experienced that here's what you know here's what's going on <laughs> so it was it was good in that I learned a lot and um, it taught me to pay a little more for uh, less hassle and, and worry and stress on my part. <laughs> there you um, go. But uh, yeah, it was, it was no fun going through it for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare for sure, especially when it follows you. It's like you leave the haunted house, but the ghosts come too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> that was actually kind of the analogy I use in my, my story. Uh, not quite, but similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. What's your proudest WordPress moment? Um, I would probably just say, uh, when I announced to the, the local WordPress meetup that I was going to step down and not, you know, be the lead on it anymore. Um, it was just so satisfying to know that I'd grown it from, and it wasn't just me, like I got to give credit to some other great people in that group, but, um, that, that it started from literally nothing. There was no WordPress group to a point where I could have somebody else take over. And there was another group that was, uh, had had branched off of it and was running entirely independently and stuff like that. Like that was just really good for me uh, to feel like here's these awesome people that are all benefiting from this and I've benefited from it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I would say that's probably it. Um, maybe followed by, you know, the launch of Starfish, uh, just, you know, having a project, you know, come together and launch it and put it out there for the world to see. That's awesome. Those are both great. Great. Great, great things. Fantastic. If you weren't working in web and web tech, what's another career that you might like to attempt? 
Hmm, beach bum, does that count? <laughs> hey, if you can make a living at it, go for it. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do is make a living and be a beach bum. No, um, no uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, all growing up, I wanted to be a cowboy. Like I wanted to have a ranch and um, I actually had horses growing up and stuff like that and uh, really enjoyed working with them. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would really do that if I was given the opportunity today, but um, I, I like to pretend that I still feel that way. Uh, but I, yeah, I love animals and would probably go for something uh, really traditional like that. I think the word is caballero. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Thank you. <laughs> Don't ask me what horses. I'm. I'm not entirely sure. It might be caballo, but I'm not 100 yeah, percent on that. Uh -huh. Caballo. There you go. <laughs> those haven't been in Duolingo yet. I'm really reaching for those ones. <laughs> yeah, actually, those are probably the Spanish words I do know. Is the uh, Western rancher cowboy type uh, uh, Spanish words that you know migrated into the uh, U.S coming from the original caballeros here in Mexico, mm -hmm. actually. <laughs> and found their way up to uh, Idaho, I'm sure, right through. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I also know, you know, the words like tacos and burritos and tamales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's something on your bucket list? I mean, I see you're doing one now. You're in Mexico, but there's got to be more. Yeah, um... You know, I'd really like to spend some time in Europe. At this point, it doesn't fit our budget. We're hoping maybe it will before we're done with our traveling. Um, but Europe's quite a bit more expensive to live in than Mexico. Uh, but I would like to spend a fair amount of time there. Um, just, uh, I guess maybe it's the fact that my people come from there or something like that. But I, I, love, I love the history there and all that kind of stuff. And I love history all over the world. Like it's, it, But especially there is... A, a place I haven't been much at all, actually, and uh, would love to spend some more time. So. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe you can go to uh, WordCamp Europe next year or something and get a little taste. Yeah, that's on my list. I'd love to make that sync up and, and uh, go to some big WordCamps and also stay in those places and stuff, yeah. too. So. And I heard WordCamp Asia is on the list for next year already. That's kind of exciting, too. Yeah, some of my team is in the Philippines, which isn't real close, but, you know. Closer South than Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they've been encouraging me that, like, you need to come and go to, you know, go to WordCamp Asia, and then you can come visit us and, you know, all this stuff. So yeah. you know, I'm hoping it'll work. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll be fun for sure. Show us or tell us about a hidden talent that you have that most people in the WordPress community might not know about. Um, as I already mentioned, I used to be pretty good at riding horses. I probably not don't have the balance I once had, but hopefully I would pick it up again if I could, you know, ride regularly again. Um, so, so that's when I, I, I like horses. I enjoy riding and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I've been on a horse twice in my entire life. So, uh, yeah, not one of my talents at all. <laughs> yeah. And so how can people find you online? Your website, your Twitter, like Instagram, if you're doing that, where do people find you? Um, yeah, just starfish.reviews is our domain. Um, or on Twitter, I'm Tevia W. And 
Um, either of those is great. You know, if anybody wants to reach out, just hit me up through the contact form on Starfish Reviews or on Twitter. Uh, I, I try to make myself available to answer and help out wherever I can. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much taking time away from your Saturday in a beautiful Mexico and uh, spending some time talking to me today and sharing your story. And uh, it's, been, it's been great to finally meet the person I've been following on Twitter for all this time. Yeah, it's been great to meet you too, Michelle. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. And uh, until next time, we'll see the rest of everybody next time on WP Coffee Talk. Thanks. Bye. Bye. WP Coffee Talk with Michelle Freshette is a proud supporter of WP End Up, whose mission is to support and promote positive mental health within the WordPress community. Visit their website at wpendup.org.